Hello, hello, greetings, and thank you for tuning in to uh, Talking That Talk with your friendly neighborhood relationship superhero, Jason Ortiz. And this week on Talking That Talk, we're going to talk about cheating. Now, let me just, you know, have a little clarity on that. Um, I don't want folks to think that we're just going to talk about cheating in the same aspects that everyone else talks about it, because then you could just turn this podcast off and listen to anybody else. So I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to talk about cheating in a small, small amount. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe the different types of cheaters. Some that you may not have been able to identify. Some may have been cheating on their partner with you and you may not have noticed it because you didn't pick up on these signs. See, people think that a cheater is just someone who moves in one particular way, and that's not really how it goes. So I want to just, you know, hopefully this can enlighten you. Um, So, you know, I mean, we know cheating is a real thing. And as I speak right now at this podcast, someone out there is having an affair. Someone doesn't know they're being cheated on. And at this very moment, someone is heartbreaking and someone is embarrassed because they just caught their partner making the wrong decision. So in making this selfish decision to cheat, there's a great burden that becomes accompanied with that. Now, as incredibly weird as it sounds, there is a high level of responsibility with it. I will go on the record to state that, because I want to be clear, I do not condone nor wish upon anyone to cheat on someone else or be cheated on. I always feel if you're unhappy, you communicate. If you feel like trying something new, communicate. No matter what you do, you must communicate, communicate, communicate. There are several reasons why people cheat. Wait, let me redo that. There are several reasons why people tell themselves why they cheat. To rationalize about why they cheat. Because cheating is selfish. And when you're in an agreed upon, committed relationship, before cheating, one should really think deeply if they want to enter the world of being a cheater. Now, the reasons you tell yourself may vary. Maybe you feel locked in and trapped in a relationship. and That doesn't seem to be progressing in a healthy manner. Maybe you're angry at your partner. Maybe the new co-worker has been giving you those flirty eyes. Or maybe you associate the power of your new work position as a pass to hunt at the workplace. Whatever the reason, there are consequences associated with those People tend to think that they won't get caught. And if you know you do, you understand the amount of pain you just imposed on the partner you gave a commitment to. Like, do you take that into account? Even if you assume your partner will work it out with you, there's a high chance that there will always linger a weight that can never be lifted. You've just altered the entire dynamic of your relationship in the trust component. There are repercussions when you breach someone's trust and don't think you're immune to that. A relationship is never centered around one person. Two individuals coming together to form something special should never be taken for granted. So I want to label the different types of cheaters based on their opportunities, actions, and typical norms that seems to always surface with each type. The first one I have I have labeled the hunter-gatherer. Now there's a reason I call this person the hunter-gatherer. I know a hunter-gatherer is a human in society that obtains their food by foraging, and I just couldn't help but name this type in a similar fashion. 
This person is somewhat addicted to the cheating life. You are not the first one they cheated on or cheated with, and you probably won't be the last. This is the one who looks for the vulnerable, weaker participant to prey on. They look for others to appear easy, needy, or have an attraction to status. This person is not looking for someone who would be an equal because their game or status would not be effective. They seek the weak and use whatever leverage to have sex. They will never give an emotional commitment from their end and Personally, they really don't care if you do or don't. It's about sex. It's about imposing their will and even bragging about it to the, to his or her peers. Historically, this could be your boss at the workplace or, you know, the doctor at the workplace who preys on nurses and social workers, the supervisor who's always inappropriate with his or her subordinates. You may have seen it because it exists everywhere. A reason this person tends to continue this is because subordinates tend to give in thinking they will gain some form of status, favor, or even promotion one day. There are times when the person gives in simply because they feel they have to. The hunter-gatherer knows this and doesn't care how completely pathetic this is. They just want to have sex with someone else when they want, anytime they want. And you just might be the worker of the moment for them. The hunter-gatherer utilizes the workplace as pure cheating grounds. The prey happens to be the most accessible, whether private offices, business trips, or even similar lunch hours. This person may even use corporate events and trips as a leverage tool to create the cheating atmosphere. As creepy as this person may come across at times, this person is on point and pretty efficient. The hunter-gatherer helps the side piece understand the importance of secrecy. Now, the hunter-gatherer is not limited to the workplace. They see the frustrated woman who's having problems at home. They see the single person at the wedding, the struggling parent at school gatherings. The hunter-gatherer, like like the hunter-gatherers who forage, smells opportunity for sex, with whom he or she deemed to be weaker from a mile away. There is a shield of entitlement this person walks with and believes their status or accomplishments, however minimal, makes them superior to those they impose upon. Keep an eye open for this type of person. This is the weakest and most pathetic of the lot. Although this person may be a smooth talker and appears to have game, there is a disgusting, perverse manner about them. So let me show you a short example, which is actually not just an example. It's a true story. One of the hunter-gatherers I interviewed for a book that I wrote called Since You're Gonna Cheat Anyway on Amazon. That was a Clearly cheap promo. I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, he explained how he scopes his prey and when he strikes. He was not the most expressive fellow, but he was able to get his point across. He told me his position at the workplace is an administrative supervisory role. One in which he has dozens of workers under him and there is a chain of titles under him, which makes his role one of the higher responsibilities. He said that he looks for attractive women on the lower end of the hierarchy because they are often enamored with status and titles. And, you know, before he makes his little nice, you know, his nice ways, he makes sure they see his strength in the position. He doesn't do it by being a complete dick, but by coming across as a strong leader. He then makes sure to offer his assistance and give small praise to the assignments done when the target is alone. He told me this was easy because he studied body language and can tell by particular shifts and when the female engages with him and other lesser supervisory roles. He then tries to test the target with humor, 
sometimes inappropriate to see how open the target is willing to allow him to be. He also will lighten the load of the targeted worker just so the worker can think the niceness equates to easier time at work. He then begins to compliment her looks, her apparel, and intentionally takes notice of her hair, her hair details, her nails, and so forth. All this is part of what he referred to as an, an elaborate plan that rarely ever fails. Now, this, pers this particular person has no real shame because although he was deceptive, he saw it as two consensual adults and it is hard to make people see otherwise. The next type of cheater is the one I like to call Mr. Sympathy. This cheater plays the victim role. This is someone who may be attractive, but doesn't display much confidence. Comes across as the introvert, but isn't really an introvert. It's an act. At times, this person comes across as an adorable puppy, looking to be held by the right person. And this person makes you feel as when you talk to them, you light up their day. What Mr. Sympathy has is the ability to make you want him better. To want, sorry, the ability to make you want to make him better. Mr. Sympathy has no shame. He does not care about what personal story he has to share. If it falls in the feel sorry for him dialogue, he's going to tell it. His parents are sick. You're going to know about it. His wife cheated. You're going to know about it. No sex at home. No communication at home. Not being appreciated at home. Whatever it is, especially if it's not true, he is going to tell it to you. This is the ultimate victim. He will stress all the right components of a relationship that he supposedly displayed and cries that none of it has been reciprocated, especially if he knows you're a sympathetic individual, because then you start to actually feel sorry for this person. This person's theme is that no matter how much good they do, they can't get a break. Now, being that you see them as good, it is that much more believable. This person does not mind being saved. They are actually banking on it. This is someone who doesn't mind that others work harder than him. He doesn't mind that he is not taking full responsibility in life because his game has others helping him in many ways. If this person actually matured a bit, they might be lost. They're usually so set in his theme that they wouldn't be able to be in a healthy relationship outside of it. Mr. Sympathy is so good at what he does that most of the time you don't mind that they're with someone else. You believe that they are unhappy. You are the lifeline to their happiness. This person has used lines about living with his wife, but they're going to get divorced. They just haven't found separate places or the same story with the child's mother. We're just living together for the child, but I'm looking for another place. They make sure that they keep you at bay, but enough to have you sexually. Now, although I use him or he, you know, this is not limited to men. There are a lot of missympathies out there who utilize the same approach. And it doesn't matter whether it was for, you know, sex, physical items, emotional, anything. You know, I, I just don't want people to think that just because I say Mr., I'm limiting it. I'm not. Mr. and Mrs. Sympathies are out there daily, very observant and betraying trust at all times. Mr. Sympathy loves to utilize the, the deprived line. He attaches a time period to when the last time he was sexually active. You know, the guy that says, I haven't had sex in this much amount of time and seeks a response to it. 
You know, Mr. Sympathy that's always posting on social media how ugly they are because they want some type of attention. He may say a year, he may say six months. It just depends on the type of person you are. It usually varies between different people to see what he believes you to find believable and for you to feel sorry for him. This person even expresses that his sexual interests may be advanced and that his wife isn't willing to try some of the things he wants to try. And that's why she shut him out. Even making it as she is prude and shun him rather than explore with him. This, of course, is a test whether you not you, you know, whether you do or don't share those sexual interests. Ultimately, Mr. Sympathy makes the decision to stay in their current relationship after you know, a short-term relationship with you, misleading you to think that you could actually build something and then giving you some reason that actually makes you think it is semi-legitimate. Mr. and Mr. Sympathy have game. They have manipulating friends and family for years and mastered it by the time it was used to cheat in their relationships. This is what they believe to be a, a, a very well-established skill set. The next cheater is someone I like to call Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Nice Guy is responsible, he is helpful, and everything about him is legit, or seems legit. This person always has time, even if they're always busy. Let me break it down. It does not not matter how busy he is, because he'll always find a way to make time for you. And you love that. And he knows you do, because he pays attention to details. He makes sure to ask about home, ask about work, and whatever else you're into. He makes sure to notice your new hairstyle, and not because he likes it, but because he knows you will appreciate the compliment. And this opens up opportunity. Mr. Nice Guy is someone that others feel safe around. This person makes sure to find their way nearest to the people they are attracted to. If it's at work, they don't care if you aren't the best worker. They will offer to help you, just to be near you to make you find reason to open up and trust them. Occasionally, Mr. Nice Guy will come up with an inappropriate joke to test the waters. He may even apologize right after, trying to see if it was okay to say it and if you'll wave off the apology with acceptance. This is slowly luring you in. This is the very helpful person who agrees with you, even if it's an attack on their gender. An example is like if a female does one of those all men are cheaters lines and this person being a male will find a way with find a way to agree with you without even implicating himself, a male, as a cheater who's cheating. Mr. Nice Guy can tell when you become trusting of him. He can sense it. This person is also known to be a great ear. He listens to your problems at home, your issues at work, and wants you to feel that he can be the one you go to during those times. He gives advice that sounds good but isn't always best. Because the advice has their own agenda. They want to be looked at as the nice person. The person you can count on and also as someone who wouldn't hurt or betray you. Mr. Nice Guy is your shoulder to lean on. A very understanding and caring person and often has lured you in. The person goes out their way to help you. They know when you're in need of someone like them in your life. They sense your struggles and your need for someone good in your life. And they make sure to show it to you. Mr. Nice Guy wants you to really believe they care. This person has no problem telling you they care. And that they just want what's best for you. Even though they have someone else at home. 
This person always has the perfect escape when the time comes and will actually make you in some way understand. He may have returned to his, his, what he will call ex, but it's probably his wife, because of the kids. Or even use the kids as being unhappy that he isn't home anymore. Whatever, whatever story to touch you in some way. They will even have you feel sorry for him in some way because he feels forced to return home. All the while having never left his real partner in the first place. He or she will tell you all the reasons why they have to go back and why it's just better this way. This rationalizing occurs so that you don't make attempts to ever find out more than they want you to know. Plus, this gives the opportunity to always revisit sex in the future because it isn't you, it's me. Remember that line? What makes this person so successful in their cheating ways? Well, they're incredibly likable, charming, smart, funny, knowledgeable, and a lot of times attractive, very confident. They utilize those traits as bait and you know, once trusted, it's pretty hard to ever be seen as a perpetrator when you've already acquired that high level of trust. Mr. Nice Guy isn't afraid to spend money and try to impress you. They appear very well put together and sincere, even when they're not. The next person I like to call the lifer. I know the name seems obvious. The lifer often has things going on their way. Wonderful family, great job, good looks, very responsible and intelligent. So why? All the things going well, why does the lifer exist? Well, the lifer is sexually addicted and emotionally detached. The lifer may know they have it all, but all is just not enough. The lifer may be able to partake in every sexual act with their partner. But being that their partner isn't someone else, they're going to explore. The lifer is the one person that makes women think all men cheat. He doesn't care about your labels or what you think of him. When you, you know, if the lifer is a man and you say all men cheat, he don't care. He doesn't even find that to be a derogatory statement. If it's a woman, it's the same thing. Because they've already formulated in their head what they believe to be valid reasons for what they do. Very borderline arrogant, leaning towards full arrogant. And knows that no matter where they go, whether they have to pay for it or not, they're going to engage in some extramarital affairs no matter what. They've already convinced themselves that the actions they chose is just a part of who they are. And they aren't willing to change. When they go on business trips, they set up massages or sex romps or something that, you know, they won't find out about because they're away from home. When the wife is away or the husband's away on a business trip, they'll play at home with someone else. They know exact times and schedules of others. They plan accordingly. They don't miss a beat. The addiction doesn't fully take over because they don't fully succumb in the sense that they're so messy about it. They know it's a choice. They won't give it up. They may have a couple, several relationships at the same time. This isn't because of love. It's because this is particularly who people are, their character. You know, they, 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 they obsess with the timing, the scheduling, the sex, the control. They feel incredibly entitled and they've done it so long, you know, and they believe to be so good at it that they don't care about nobody else's needs or wants. They see you as a sexual conquest and nothing more. They've been doing it for years and will continue to do it for years. A lifer is not someone who's going to just 
make a miraculous change from Sunday to Monday. Although I do believe people can change, the life is very hard and someone that needs some serious work. They may have lost relationships in the past and gotten caught, and you know, before they felt they perfected their craft, so to speak. You know, uh, the life is not shy to pay for discreet services. They, you know, they don't feel that. They often don't feel they have to lie to you about relationship because they feel like paying for sex is something to do in silence. So they'll never bring it up. They won't. They won't leave a trail. Um, they, they, they rationalize these things in their heads so much. Oh, well, I'm paying for sex. Two consenting adults. I'm not happy at home. Oh, I'm a man. This is what I do. Whatever it is, this is what they do. They keep their money hidden from their family. They never leave a trail. They have two separate lives almost. You know, they're not emotionally connected. So, you know, they don't expect the people they cheat with to be. They feel that as long as it's consent and it's kept a secret, then no one gets hurt. This person doesn't mind other married people, prostitution, anything. They don't care. Whatever will provide the moment of sex and silence, it's all the better for them. They're controlling, will not partake um, in this type of situation with someone unwilling to give up that control. It has to be mostly on their terms. It isn't so, so much they want to be a male or female dominatrix. Not that type of control. They just feel that they're the only sensible person to prevent getting caught. So the situation has to be laid out according to their plan. The lifer has cheated so long that he does not refer to it as some negative act. It's just extramarital to them. They've convinced themselves that as long as no one gets caught, no one gets hurt. Another thing to consider with this type of individual is that in some manner they feel as they have some special sexual skill set that these women benefit from. Very narcissistic. They truly feel entitled in superior ways and they usually go for younger women, vulnerable. He's usually, if it's a man, is usually the older one. If it's a woman, she's usually the older one. It is in this age that they feel they know and understand the other gender so much better. The lifer has not been honest with himself in so long that he doesn't care to be. This is the life he chose and will continue to live until he can no longer do so. Finally, I like to call this one Mr. Kamikaze. Mr. Kamikaze does not have any respect for his partner or the woman he's sleeping with on the side. Not even himself. This person lies in extremes. He takes chances that are incredibly stupid and doesn't care much for the consequences because he believes he can talk his way out of it. I don't really do celebrity gossip crap, but unfortunately I've come across because some of my friends do. And they spoke about this basketball player named Trishan Thompson, who supposedly cheated on one of them Kardashian folks with her sister's friend. That's Mr. Kamikaze. Because in hindsight, how stupid can you be? Yeah, this is Mr. Kamikaze. They don't care much for the consequences because they believe they can talk their way out of it. This is someone that would have sex with someone else on the very bed they share with their partner. And they don't care about the risk, respect, or anything other than their momentary pleasures. Mr. Kamikaze is irresponsible, sloppy, and guaranteed to get caught at some point. This person is... In a nicer way, a true piece of trash in the world of cheating. This is the worst of the worst.
This person's all over the place. They sometimes tell their side sex partners they are involved after they've already done it. They sometimes lie. They sometimes say they aren't as long as they are getting their pleasures fulfilled. There isn't too much to say about Mr. Kamikaze except this is one selfish, sleazy piece of trash who will do whatever they can to get the extra sex anytime, anywhere, and sometimes with anyone. There is no special person in Mr. Kamikaze's world. There is only moments to please themselves. And uh, that is all for today. And I hope that you guys, you know, got something out of it. You know, those are the different types. And in some ways, in very small amounts, they overlap. But very distinct differences between them. And I'm pretty sure you've seen these people before. Or you're probably starting to come to some aha moment that says, oh, crap. I know someone just like that. Well, as always, stay blessed. And I wish you all well. And. Until next week, thank you for tuning in with Talking That Talk with your friendly neighborhood relationship superhero, Jason Ortiz. Take care.